Ruach Conference is October 24th through the 26th. Join with pastors and leaders as we gather for equipping during the day with labs and teaching sessions and encountering his presence at night. Bishop T.D. Jakes from the Potter's House, Dallas, Texas, will be joining us along with Joseph Garlington, Tony Miller, William McDowell, Jim Raley, and Pastors Kevin and Devin Wallace. You can register now at RuachConference.com. So yes, I found this out this morning, so pray for me. It's not going to be a sermon. I, I'm just going to, I have learned not to add to or take away from the, what the Lord says. So I'm just going to release it and see what he does. But if you'll turn in your Bibles, I've been in 1 Kings chapter 18 for several hours yesterday. It's a very familiar passage of scripture that has been preached in every way it can be. But it became fresh bread to me last night. And I just want to elevate some points from it. Um, we could preach a good sermon right now, but that's not what I want to do. I just want to, to highlight why God is speaking this passage, passage to our house right now. So um, if you'll turn there, I'm just going to go ahead and get into the word. And I'm going to preach a little bit out of the entire chapter, but I'm just going to focus on one verse. If you will start in verse 41 of 1 Kings 18, I'll read this now. Elijah said to Ahab, go up. Eat and drink, for there is the sound of a rainstorm, or your translation may say an abundance of rain. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the summit of Mount Carmel. He bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go up and look toward the sea. I want to just Say what I feel like God is saying to the house, and you can just look at your neighbor and say it with me. Look at your neighbor and say, get in position. It's about to rain. Let's just pray together. Father, I need your help today. Lord, you knew this before I did, and I lean on you right now. And Father, I've not come to add my own revelation or insight. We just want to hear from you. I pray that you would help me deliver the word that you would like to say how you would like to say it. And I pray our hearts would be open to hear it. Our spiritual ears would be open to hear it. And as your word goes forth, God, it would shift this atmosphere. And that your word would put things into motion, God, over this strategic season that we're in. Father, we bless your name. We come in your name today. We bless the name of Yahweh. And we thank you, Father, that you have put us in a season like none other. And we accept this assignment today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I began to read yesterday because the, the kids were in a dance practice. And I really just thought I was just going to get to read for myself. And the Lord began to download from First chap Kings chapter 18. And I just want to go through this passage because I've preached it before. I've read it before. And we, we love to focus on when the fire fell on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal were destroyed. But if you really read the whole passage in context, the fire falling was just a small part of a bigger picture. So many times we get distracted by the, the process that we realize God is moving to fulfill his word in completion. And many times even in our church services and in our journey with him, God will do something really awesome and we put our car in park at some miracle or something he does and we don't realize that was just another step in the process and not a place to park. And we've seen God do a lot of awesome things here. And even just a couple weeks ago, we experienced an awesome financial miracle. And Kevin testified today about the many healings that are taking place. But I'm here to tell you the way the Lord told me, this is not a parking place. What God has done is not the fulfillment of what he's going to do. That's hard for some of us to imagine. 
because we are seeing things we've never seen before, greater miracles than we've never seen before. And, and like so many have said, we've not seen anything yet. And I agree with Kevin. We want to honor what we've seen, but we have not seen the fullness of what God's going to do. So if you are tempted in this moment to sit down and say, we have arrived at Redemption to the Nations Church. We are finally seeing the fullness of his word. We are not seeing the fullness of his word. This is merely a step in a greater process and rain is coming. Fire was not the end result. Fire was to produce rain. And God is doing things right now that are setting us in alignment for an outpouring on this city, in this church, and in this nation we have never seen before. And we can't stop at the fire. God still has rain. Amen? So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the process Elijah went through to set himself up for the rain. And then I want to talk about us getting in position of the rain. So Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18, God says to him, God says this, After a long time, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. And he said, Go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the surface of the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now you would probably just read over that verse if you just started in 1 Kings chapter 18, but God stopped me at this verse because if you read 1 Kings chapter 17, you're going to find that God gave an Elijah, in, Elijah a word in this season that was completely different than the word he had just given him a, a chapter before. In 1 Kings chapter 17, it starts by God saying, Elijah, go and conceal yourself. Go by the brook Cherith and hide. Go there and I'm going to feed you and stay there. And then he moves from the brook Cherith to Zarephath where he feeds a widow. And all the time the nation is in a drought and all the time Elijah is being hidden at the word of the Lord. The Lord said, go there into the wilderness and hide. Sound familiar? But in 1 Kings chapter 18, look at your neighbor and say, seasons change. We find Elijah has entered a new season. He has come out of a season of drought and out of a season of hiding. And now God gives him a new word and a new season that is completely different than what he had just told him. He said, Elijah, you're not going to hide anymore. Elijah, it's not time to conceal yourself anymore. Now it's time to reveal yourself to your enemy. I want you to get up and I want you to go show yourself to Ahab and tell him that rain is coming. And the Lord began to deal with me last night and say that, Devin, this is a new season for you and Kevin and for redemption to the nation's church. You have been in a season of concealing. You have been in a season of, of, of refining behind the scenes in the wilderness. I have tucked you away for a season, but now the season is changing. Now you have been to Cherith. You have been to Zarephath, which is so prophetic. Let me just stop and talk about it. I don't want to preach all this, but you just can't skip over it. Elijah had to be hidden because some things had to be done over Elijah for him to be revealed. If you reveal yourself to your enemy before you're ready, you will short circuit what God's trying to do. You can't avert process. God sent Elijah to Cherith and that by that brook where God, he was completely dependent on the Lord to feed him. Elijah had nothing. He ran for 40 days into the wilderness and had nothing. And God said, you're going to wake up every day and only depend on me. And we know the ravens fed him and the brook fed him. But that word Cherith there, it actually means to cut or cutting away. And if I had time to preach on circumcision today, I will, but I won't. 
about cutting away and how when we go through seasons of drought and when we go through seasons of wilderness, it allows God to cut things away in our life that would make us susceptible to our enemy. God doesn't cut you to hurt you. He cuts you to free you. He doesn't cut you to punish you. He cuts you so that you are not an open target for your enemy. And at that brook Cherith, Elijah learned to depend on the Lord because that's what a drought will do. That's what a drought will do. If we were really in a famine, we would learn to prioritize real quick. Wasteful spending would stop. I remember my mom used to tell me that her mother would shake the sugar bag until all the grains of sugar came out because she lived through the Great Depression. And when you live through the Great Depression, you realize sugar was a, a luxury and you didn't waste it. And when you go through a drought, it teaches you to cut out excess and to focus on what's important. And we as a church, we've passed through Sharith, Sharith, where we have thought that maybe we needed to prioritize and God has cut away. It's not because lack was our problem. God was making us a fierce weapon for the enemy and cutting away baggage and excess that ought not be there. And some of you have experienced personally. But then when Elijah was at Sharith, God said, get up and go to Zarephath. And there he fed the widow. And that's such an awesome story because he took a man who had nothing to a woman who had nothing and produced something. So awesome. He said, Elijah, you have nothing and your brook has just dried up. Now I'm going to send you to someone who's going to provide for you. And it's going to be a widow who has nothing. Because God doesn't need your something to make anything. God just needs your obedience. And Elijah went on a word from the Lord to a woman who had nothing, and they obeyed the word of the Lord, and it produced a harvest that lasted until the famine was done. But that word Zarephath means refinement. And last night we were in prayer. The intercessors were in prayer, and they said, I feel like God is leading us into a season of refinement. And I had just read that after the cutting, God went to Elijah and refined him. That refining is a word that means freedom from excess material or substances that don't belong. It's the small particles. It's when God takes us through a season where he wants to free us from the excess baggage that ought not to be there. The small things, which is where I feel like we are in this season of teshuva, where God has cut away the big things, but now he's shining a flashlight on our heart. And he's saying, I love you too much to leave any particle behind, any substance behind. I am here to refine, which just doesn't mean cutting away. It means removing of every little speck that could stay in the way this is what preceded the fire and the rain a cutting away and refinement but then God looked at Elijah after he had been through this process and he said now you can show yourself now you're ready now I want you to show yourself to Ahab and tell him that rain is coming and I don't even know how prophetic this is it's just how the Lord said it to me he said it's time for this house and it's time for the kingdom leaders across this nation to show themselves they've been in hiding long enough hiding in silence is a tool of the enemy to manipulate the people of God from standing in the authority that they have been given. Your mouth is your weapon. Your words have power. And we, we stand in silence. We allow the enemy to pursue his agenda in our families, over our homes, in our churches, in our city, and in our nation. And God is sick and tired of his blood-bought church standing silently and hiding in caves when it's not the season for that anymore. God said, this is a season for godly leaders to stand up and present themselves to their adversary. 
It's not time to hide anymore. It's not time to try to blend in anymore. It's not time to watch everyone else go through a drought and us hide in our corner when we're full of the answer. God said he's about to open platforms. He's about to open doors for godly people who will stand up and present themselves without shame or without fear to their enemy. And over this house, God is about to open doors of influence. I see it happening. Doors of influence that will allow us to stand up, come out of hiding, and stand up and say, this is the season of the Lord, and this is what God is saying. So shake your neighbor and say, come out of hiding. Being in position when the rain comes is super important. It's super important that we align with what heaven is saying. Many times we just want to hear the word of the Lord and we want to shout and rejoice over the word of the Lord, but we certainly don't want to be moved by the word of the Lord. But I'm here to tell you that the word of the Lord will come before the manifestation of his word comes because between the word and its manifestation, there's usually movement. God's word will cause movement in your life. God's word will cause movement in the earth. And this is a season that God's word is causing movement over this house. And we must align with heaven and his word. God said, Elijah, I'm going to send rain. And it would have been nice if Elijah just said, yes, Lord, send the rain. And rain just started falling. But chapter 18 is an entire process that had to take place for what God said to be manifested. For what Elijah heard to be seen. And we're right smack middle in that process. We as a house have heard the sound of rain. We've heard the declaration of rain. And now God is calling each one of us into alignment with his word. Elijah had to choose to obey what God said. In fact, if you read that story in its entirety, by the time Elijah is ready to pray for the fire to fall on Mount Carmel, He's already gathered everybody there. He's gathered all of Israel. He's gathered the prophets of Baal. He's gathered the other 400 false prophets. He's built an altar. He's got wood on it. He's dumped water. He's gone through a process. And he says this at the end. When he goes to pray, he says, Lord, I've done everything you said. In other words, I have aligned with your word. And I'm telling you, the prophets of Baal were praying for fire to fall. They were shouting. They were dancing. They were cutting themselves. They were making a whole lot of noise. But it wasn't producing anything because they were not in line with heaven. And some of us love to shout and sing and dance and jump, but we don't want to align our heart, and we wonder why our prayers are not effective. But I'm here to tell you when you submit yourself to the Lord and you align with his word, you don't have to pray long prayers for fire to fall. You don't have to do a lot of acting for fire to fall. And I'm here to tell you the prophets of Baal were not in line with heaven. And all of their work produced nothing. But as soon as Elijah prayed, was it a 64-word prayer or something like that? 63, thank you. Fire fell from heaven because he said, at your word, Father, and for your name. So two keys of that prayer. At your word and for your name. I didn't even intend to go here. I love when the Lord just adds things he knows you would never say if you prepared it. This is not about Kevin and Devin Wallace's name. 
This is not about redemption to the nation's church's name. This is not about your personal ministry or your 501c3 name. God is looking for people. He will send fire for those who call for his name. If there's anything else that we have to align with, it's heaven's agenda because God is the superstar. He is the only one on the stage. He is the only one that will get the glory. And if our heart has any ambition or selfish motive in it, your prayers will not produce fire and they will not produce rain. But those who have gone through Cherith and those who have gone through Zarephath, we realize it's not really about us. It's just a privilege to be partnered with heaven. And what God is about to do in this house will tempt us to grab hold of glory for our name but we must remember to give him all the glory what God is about to do in this house and in this city will bring the attention of many but we must divert all attention to the name to the name to his name that's who will receive the glory so in these 40 days of Teshuvah that we in, I, we're in, I feel like it's a Zarephath moment for some. It's a fire falling from heaven moment some because the reason why the fire had to fall is because the land had to be purged of the false prophets before God could send the rain. And I know that we can say that on a prophetic level, but I'm talking on a personal level right now because many of us entertain false prophets in our own heart our own idolatry. All that those prophets of Baal did was aid the people in their own worship. And there are many things in our heart that draw us to our idolatry, things that draw our heart away from the Lord, and God cannot reign on a people whose hearts are full of idolatry. He cannot bring increase and blessing to those who will mix glory with another. Those who will lift up another name beside him or another God beside him. God, when he gets ready to pour out his glory, he will make sure the platform is cleared. And in this passage, I could not get past this. I don't know if I'm helping anybody else, but I'm sure delivering my soul today. Elijah allowed the prophets of Baal to make a lot of noise. They cut themselves and that's a whole other sermon about them cutting themselves because Elijah didn't have to cut himself. He had already been cut by the Lord at Cherith. When you allow God to cut you in a secret place, you don't have to operate in self-righteousness. They were making a lot of noise. They were having a lot of activity. And Elijah allowed it for a while. He even made fun of it for a while. He said, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe he's out to lunch. It was permitted. The noise of the enemy was permitted until the time of the evening sacrifice. And, oh, I feel this in my bones. Elijah allowed the enemy to have his way and make his scene until it says it came time for the evening sacrifice. And when it came time for the evening sacrifice, Elijah called the people to him. And you don't hear about the noise of the prophets of Baal anymore. And you have to understand what the evening sacrifice is to understand the prophetic layer of what God is saying. Because there was a morning and an evening sacrifice. And that evening sacrifice was none other than the lamb. 
It was at the evening sacrifice that that young spotless lamb was offered as an offering to the Lord. And the Lord quickened me in my office last night and he said, Devin, the enemy's been making a lot of noise, but it's about time for the lamb to make his appearance. And when the lamb is on his way, the enemy will be silenced because the lamb will share his stage with no one. And if I release nothing else in this house, I'm here to tell you there is a harvest coming because Jesus is on his way. And the Lamb of God will be exalted. And as the Lamb of God is exalted, the enemy will be silenced. In the name of Jesus, it's time for the evening sacrifice. It's time for the blood banner of Jesus Christ to be raised up over this city and raised up over this nation. And when the Lamb takes center stage, the noise of the enemy is silenced. So I'm here to tell you the fire fell and there was a purification that took place and most of us would have parked our church tent right there wait a said did you see what god did today fire fell from heaven the prophets of baal have been killed we're in revival let's stay right here and dance around this altar where the fire fell but elijah never paused in his journey you will never see Elijah be still until the rain comes because that is the destination of the Lord. Not just to purify us and not just to purify our nation, but to bring fruit and harvest to our lives. He's not here just to refine you. That's just a step in the process. He's not just here to cut you. He is pruning you so that you can bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And we are moving out of a season of teshuva, of refining because at the end of it, there's about to be a season of fruit and harvest over your life, over this church that we have not seen before. So Elijah said, thank you, God, for the fire, but we're not done here yet. And he looked at Ahab, and he said, go eat and drink, for I hear the sound of rain. And there's many reasons why people think he said that, but we have to remember Ahab was not the friend of Elijah in this moment. He was the enemy. And the enemy pulled himself up to a table of apathy and sat and began to eat and drink. But Elijah did not sit at a table to feast because his assignment was not done yet. Look at your neighbor and say, get in position. We can't sit down yet. That's really the gist of what I'm saying today. God is saying we can't sit down yet. We cannot settle for what God has done yet. There is greater on the way. And the temptation is right now to sit down at a table with our enemy and eat and drink and say, thank you, God, that the rain is coming someday. But Elijah knew he had to be a willful participant in the rain falling because God is the original rainmaker, but he looks for vessels on earth that he can make rain through. And in this story, Elijah was the rainmaker. And God is looking for rainmakers in this house that will not just hear the sound 
but will travail until they see the manifestation of the sound. And this is the season we're in right now. I feel his fire in my bones right now. God is saying this is not the time to sit. This is not the time to eat and drink. This is the time to go to the top of the mountain, put yourself in a birthing position, and pray and pray and pray and pray until what you've heard becomes what you see. Don't settle for what you've heard. I thank God that the word of the Lord is always heard before it's seen. But God doesn't want us to just settle for what we've heard. God wants us to see the outpouring of his rain. And it's time for us to tuck ourselves in to a position of intercession and say, God, we've heard it. Now we're going to pray till we birth it. Elijah put himself in a birthing position. When you look at the words of what he did and the position he put himself in, and I'm not going to preach on birthing today. I don't have the strength. He put his head between his knees and he put himself in a birthing position because the word that had been spoken to him had been deposited within him. And he prayed the rain. He prayed the rain to come. In redemption to the nation's church, we've had a lot of words spoken over us. And they have been deposited in our spirit. And if we just sit and let them sit, we have failed in our assignment. God put them in us so that we could birth them through us over our city and over our nation. And we are entering a season of intercession and travail that we have not seen before. Some of you get nervous when I say that because fasting makes your skin crawl, and it makes mine too. I hate it. I love the results, but only weirdos don't like to eat. Some of us don't want to think about setting our clock early in the morning to pray. Judah was up 15 minutes early. I said, why'd you get up early? Because I'm praying, Mom. Most of us don't want to sacrifice. We want to go sit at the table with Ahab and eat and drink. I'm sure they had been in a famine. I'm pretty sure Elijah would have liked to sit down and ate and drink. But there was a call on his life and a mission in his belly. And for the sake of a nation, he could not afford to sit down yet. And for the sake of a nation, we cannot afford to sit down right now. And he climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. And he put his head between his knees and he began to pray. You know, the sacrifice is where we get stuck, and we want to focus on what it costs us. But I'm here to tell you, what you reap is worth far much more. I'm going to back up, and I'm going to go back to where the rain started. So many things in chapter 18 show us how the rain started, but I want to point to something in particular that will help you understand why we're about to enter a season of fasting and prayer and seeking the Lord. God said rain is coming, and the land needed rain. But when Elijah repaired the altar, which is a whole other sermon, he put the 12 stones of the altar in place, and he put the wood in order, which is the system that holds the body in order. The wood had to be ordered. These are all things that are happening. But he said something that probably made the people feel a little bit like some of you when I say we're about to fast and pray. He said, go get me Four buckets of water. In a time when there is so much drought that the animals are dying because they have no grass to eat. Four buckets of water is very costly and not very easy to find. Chances are it took the whole assembly of Israel digging out their own water supply. 
to make those four buckets of water. And Mount Carmel's not a hill. It's a mountain. And they had to go down the mountain, get the water, bring it up, and pour it out on the dry ground. Have you ever had to pour out something precious before the Lord? Do you know what it feels like when you say, God, are you really asking me of this? Because this is pretty precious right now. And he says, pour it on the altar. Pour it on the altar. If that wasn't enough, they finished that, and Elijah waited till they were done, and he said, do it again. What? Down the mountain they go. Who else has water? Anybody got anything? A bottle of water to Sonny in your house? Anybody? Four buckets more. Back up the mountain. Man, this is really costly. Is it really going to happen? Is Elijah really heard the word of the Lord? And out go the buckets of water. And they watched what was precious be poured out on an altar. Seemed like a waste. Reminded me of the Pharisees when the woman poured her alabaster box on the feet of Jesus. What a waste. Some of you have been pouring out what's precious and you've heard the enemy say, what a waste. And Elijah had the nerve to say, do it a third time. In other words, he required more of them than they ever thought would be required. And a costlier price on the altar than they ever thought it would cost them. And at that moment, all they could see was the sacrifice being spilled out on the dry ground. And then they watched the fire consume it and it was gone. The fire licked up the water. Heaven received the offering of the water. But what was coming, see the enemy wants to blind you by what it costs you. But if you can just move past visualizing your cost, whatever it is, what God is trying to bring far outweighs the cost. Because the rain God was trying to send far exceeded 12 buckets of water. And Elijah went up Mount Carmel and he got in position a position of watching, not eating and drinking, but watching, travailing, birthing. And as he sat there, the word says, a cloud the size of a man's hand came up over the sea. Now, what's so interesting about this, we know it's spiritual, it's supernatural. But let's just look at the earthly layer of what God is showing us here. Because the rain cycle is what brings rain upon the earth. It was a law established by God. He created rain in the book of Genesis. And he created a rain cycle. And many of you, when you're ready for it to rain, you look up. Where's the rain? Right? Many of us, when we're praying for rain, we look up. But that's not how the rain cycle starts. If you want to know how the mind of God is toward rain, you have to look at the natural principle of the rain cycle he created. And rain does not start in the sky. Rain starts on earth. Rain starts when a body of water is presented and the sun does evaporation. Let's do science, eighth grade science. First step of the rain cycle is evaporation. So when we look up and we say there's no rain, the reason why there's no rain in a drought is because there's no water for the sun to evaporate. And I'm here to tell you, many of us are saying, I hear the sound of rain. Oh, Father, send the rain. And God is saying, give me something to work with. 
I have issued rain over your city. Now I need you to provide the water. I need you to put something on the altar. What you got to realize is that water evaporates. And when Elijah poured out 12 buckets of water and that fire fell from heaven, do you know why it licked up the water? It evaporated every bit of it in one instant. And I dare say, well, I did watch Channel 9 newsreels last night to find out that a cloud can be made, a small cloud can be made in five minutes of evaporation. And a cloud that holds rain can be made within 45 minutes of evaporation. So I don't know the timing of Elijah going on Mount Carmel, but I dare say that the sacrifice on the altar produced a natural rain cloud, and then God added his supernatural hand to the natural sacrifice they had put on the altar. I'm here to tell you what's about to happen in the next 40 days over this house is we're about to give heaven something to work with. We're about to pour it out like we've never poured it out before. God has committed and rain and now it's time to give him water we're going to pour out four buckets and God's going to say pour it out again and we're going to pour out four more and he's going to say pour it out again redemption to the nation's church give me something to work with I want to rain on Chattanooga and I'm here to tell you we're going to produce rain cloud rain clouds that not only saturate this city but I heard the Lord say to me last night national rain is coming from the sacrifice of this house you will pour out buckets of water that will not only water Chattanooga but you will see America shifted because of your prayers. We're giving God something to work with. We're pouring it out, pouring it out. We're about to be recipients of more than we ever pour out. But God says, pour it out. I have commissioned it. Now he wants us to give us something to work with because what happens is we pour it out and evaporation occurs. Heaven receives it. And then the next process in the rain cycle is condensation. Droplet by droplet, it forms a cloud. Each little drop is significant. Each prayer is significant. Each tear is significant. When my little Judah prays her 15 minutes, it's a few droplets in the sky. When our students look at their little prayer band and they say, Lord, forgive the sins of our nation and abortion, send revival to America, you know what they just did? They just sent up a few droplets. And what happens is we want one drop to go up and rain to come down, but that's not how the rain cycle works. A cloud builds and a cloud builds and a cloud builds. And what causes precipitation is when the cloud gets so heavy, it can contain the moisture no more. I just want to run around this church. Let me tell you what's about to happen. We are about to pour out the water before the Lord. We are about to get in position, and we are about to storm heaven with prayer and intercession. And I'm here to tell you the heavens are about to become so full of droplets, they will will not be able to contain it anymore. Prayers from 100 years ago, prayers from 50 years ago, prayers from 10 years ago, they're converging with our prayers this month, and there are clouds that are heavy with rain. And I prophesy that those clouds are going to break forth, and we will see an outpouring of his glory. Let it be so, Abba. Let it be so. Droplet after droplet. But there are clouds that are already over our head. There's so many prayers that have been prayed that we haven't seen the answer yet. 
And it's not because they're forgotten. And it's not because they weren't affected. It's because it's our turn to add to the cloud. And I declare that this season of fasting and prayer will complete something God started. This is a season of the completion of the word of the Lord. Rain brings acceleration. When the rain came, when rain comes in general, seeds grow faster. When there's more rain, you'll wake up one day and your weeds are like ten times bigger than they were two days ago. Because rain brings acceleration. Rain hit Elijah and brought him acceleration. But I just want to read to you the definition of acceleration. Because God said, I'm bringing acceleration with this rain. Prepare yourself. And I'm going to end with that. Acceleration is not only to move faster and to gain speed. But letter B of the word acceleration is this. To bring things about at an earlier time than originally planned. I'm going to say that one more time. A spirit of acceleration is about to hit this house. And things that were intended to be brought about at a particular time are about to be brought about sooner. That's what acceleration means. In other words, that was on my life plan 10 years from now, and the rain comes and it's happening next week. Or that was our five-year plan for this campus, and the rain comes and it happens in a month. Or that was our five-year plan or our 10-year plan or our 20-year plan to get out of debt, and the rain comes. And things start happening sooner than originally planned when a spirit of acceleration hits your house, I prophesy when the rain comes, a spirit of acceleration will hit every prophetic word that has been hanging over the atmosphere. And we are going to see fulfillment sooner than we expected. Oh God. We got to be in position. We got to be in position. And so Elijah was in position. And the rain came. But this is the deal. He moved when he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah was going by what he heard. And when he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand coming out of the ocean over the sea, he moved as if torrential rains were falling. It's very important. Ahab had been eating and drinking, and Elijah had to say, get yourself up and get in your tread. Don't let the rain stop you. Punch your neighbor and say, don't let the rain stop you. This is really important. Ahab was not prepared for what was about to happen. And the rain slowed his roll. He should have beat Elijah to the gates of the city. But Elijah moved when he saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. And the word says the spirit of the Lord came on Elijah and he outran. A spirit of acceleration hit him. And he outran the chariot of Ahab to the gates of the city. That may not seem important to you, but the gates of the city are the government of the city. And I'm telling you, a spirit of acceleration is about to hit godly leaders all over this nation. And we're not stopping at the fire. We're not stopping at the cloud the size of a man's hand. We will not stop until we hold the gates of our city. But because Ahab wasn't in position 
and he wasn't moving at the small things, Elijah outran him. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, you've got to move when you see the cloud the size of a man's hand. Move like the rain is falling. Because if you aren't in position, rain is a nuisance. When the glory starts falling, it'll mess up your plans. It'll mess up your family plans. It'll mess up your schedule. It'll mess up everything that you thought was pretty and perfect in your life. Look at our church during the 90 days of revival. It was like a wrecking ball over all the structure we thought we had. And to some, we were excited. But to others who were not in position, it slowed your role. It was a hindrance. It was a nuisance. But you hear the word of the Lord today. Rain is coming. You better make sure your life can center around his glory because there's a consuming torrential downpour of his glory coming to this house that will make life as normal not so normal anymore. And some of us have been crying out for the not so normal life. But for those of us who are still sitting at the table eating and drinking, it's going to really mess you up. It might cause you to complain, but don't say that this little girl did not warn you today. That God is about to pour his measure of glory out on this house in a way we've never seen it before. It's waters we've never navigated in before. Don't look at your leaders and ask for a plan. We've never been there before. Where God is about to take us is a place that will so wreck normal but our children will see the glory of Yahweh and they will know that there's a God in Israel Kevin come don't be afraid of the inconveniences of the rain start running when you see a cloud the size of a man's hand and don't stop until you beat the enemy to the gates I'm gonna ask Kevin to come now this is it that was the word of the Lord and this is what I want to say. Seek the Lord. Seek Him. Hear the word of the Lord. Seek His face. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Don't make the mistake of saying there'll be another season. There'll be another time. The Lord is calling us to seek Him in this season. This is not a time frame on your calendar it's a time frame on his calendar he's asking us to pour out more than we've ever poured out he wants to send a rain he's just asking us to give him something to work with so we commit to pouring it out in fasting in prayer in giving whatever God says don't hold back it's not a waste. It may look like a waste, but it's not a waste. Because God's going to take what we pour out and his supernatural hand will touch it. And he will pour out more than we could ever pour out before him. But God is calling our house to fasting and prayer. God is calling us to come out of hiding. I just declare the next two months are very strategic for our nation. The Lord said there are things that are hidden from our own understanding that our knowledge is not made aware of, but that heaven knows. There are decisions being made, alliances being formed, and God said, cry out for the next two months. I don't know what they are, but I know they affect our future. 
And I'm asking you to seek us in prayer. Kev, share a little bit of your heart. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. How many received the word of the Lord this morning? Stay right here, baby. I'm not going to preach. We're, we're going to pray and we're going to go. Sometimes you just have to hear the word of the Lord and receive it. You don't need to do anything but hear it and receive it. I didn't know why the Lord gave me this scripture this morning, but I want to read it. It is Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, and now he will heal us. He wounded us, but now he will bind up our wounds. He will revive us after two days. And on the third day, somebody say third day. On the third day, he will raise us up so that we live in his presence. Let us strive to know the Lord. His appearance and coming are as sure as the dawn. Did you hear that? His appearance and coming. That doesn't just mean his second coming. That means his arrival and demonstration in our generation are as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the former and the latter that water the land. He will come to us like rain. He will come to us like the rain. If you want him to come like the rain, lift your hands and receive that word that Devin just shared. Tonight at midnight, some of us are going to begin fasting. There's no, you never heard this house condemn anybody that didn't fast. There's no judgment. There's no more. We're not, we don't have camps of spiritual, more spiritual, most spiritual. That's not how we roll. We have a company of hungry people in this house. You get to decide how much he feeds you by declaring how hungry you are for him. I want you to take advantage of this season of seeking the Lord. You say, Pastor, I don't know about these seasons of seeking the Lord. Is that scriptural? Joel said, call on the Lord while he may be found. You may think the window is always open for access like this, but I believe God comes to his people at times seasonally and says something can happen in this moment. This moment is pregnant with a possibility that any other moment is not guaranteed to have. If you want to take full advantage of it, I want you just to begin this entire this entire journey of seeking the Lord in this moment right here, lifting your hands on your heart and saying, God, I need you more now. However, however you want to pray it, I, I want to pray it like this, Lord, I want you more in my life. I want you more in my family. I want you more in this church in this moment than I've ever wanted you in my life, oh God. I don't ever want there to be a season I don't want this to be a season where I can recollect, Lord, and remember a time I was hungrier for you in my past than I am for you right now. I don't want idolatry to satisfy my heart and for the love of this world to overtake my soul. I want you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. I pray for a cleansing in my heart, Lord. We're in a time of returning. And I pray, Lord, to date hearts would just, oh God, would begin to turn toward heaven. Hearts would begin to turn back to God. There's some people in this room that got cold on God. Your heart's gotten cold. The love of some have waxed cold and you've got your heart full of other things. But hot fire from heaven is warming that soul today. 
Yeah, we're returning, Lord, because we want to be closer. Oh, Jesus, we want to be closer than we've been, Lord. We're too far away and we're too much distance. I feel the Lord working today in somebody's heart. There's somebody right now, you're just saying on the inside, you know the Spirit of the Lord is saying and showing you right now that there's just too much distance between you and the Father, and He wants to come running to you, but you're going to turn to Him first. That's the key. Just turn right now. And you don't have to wait till midnight tonight. You can start that turn right now in this moment. Oh, God, I thank you for letting us turn. I thank you for softening hard hearts. Spirit of the Lord, I thank you for calling and wooing and drawing today. Lord, there are some people in this place today, God. There's some religion that done got in our hearts. Lord, we've got a form of godliness, but we haven't tasted or embraced the power of it in a long time. Today, God, we just pray that that heart would come back to life. Fire would begin to burn in that heart again. Refine us, Lord, and purge us, Jesus. Come to us like the rain. Come to us like the rain. One minute of that, just one minute before we go home, can you lift your hands and ask them to come to your life like the rain? Come on. Come to your life. like Come to my family. Jesus. Somebody needs to pray for your family right now. Come to my family like the rain. Come like the rain, Lord. <laughs> come on, people of God. You can pray. You can open up your mouth right now and ask him, come like the rain. I know you're tired. I know some of you have been in here since 7 o'clock this morning. I know your body can't quite catch up sometimes, but can your spirit man just get engaged right here? Can you say, come like the rain, Lord? Come like the rain. I, I need you to come like the rain on my house. Come like the rain on my church. Come like the rain on my marriage. Come like the rain on my spirit, God. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So tabadende sorevi zakas mad la brazza. America needs the rain. Satelezioski zota zalavashabayate. Oh God, America needs your rain. We're so divided. We're so torn. We're so wounded. Heal our land. God, send the rain. Send the rain. Oh, if I could find me about seven or eight people right now who would pray, he'll do it. Oh, God, send the rain. He said, if I find ten, Abraham, I wouldn't destroy a city over ten. If I could find me somebody in here to, for just a few more minutes, Lord, send the rain. Send the rain. Come like the rain, Lord. God, you said in 2 Chronicles 7, if your people. God, we got our eyes on a lot of other people that are not yours, and we're worried about their behavior, but I'm worried about our behavior. If your people called by your name will humble themselves and pray. You said you'd hear from heaven, you'd forgive their sin and heal their land. Come like the rain, Lord. We're bound, we're bound up, God. We're wounded, Lord. We're torn. We need healing. We need healing. I feel you, Lord. I'm going to do something, and this is Pastor, and I love you. If you got to go, I'm going to let you go right now. Bye. I want you to go in peace and be back on Wednesday night. If you got to go, I mean that. But there are some people. I just believe we're supposed to touch heaven with a prayer time. I believe we're supposed to touch heaven with a prayer time right now. It don't have to be an hour, but it needs to be intense. 
For about three or four minutes, I need a group of people who will just touch heaven with prayer right now. Send the rain, Lord. Send it. Sometimes the great breakthrough he wants to give are on the other side, uh, pushing back what we feel like is driving our, our mind right now. And tell that thing, hold on a minute. I got to pray because my generation needs the rain. I, my family needs. I'm going to tell you, somebody's about to switch a thing in your heart. And it's about to go to another level right now. Hallelujah. I need the rain, Holy Spirit. I need your rain. God, I'm calling for it on this city, Jesus. Oh, God. Send the rain, Holy Ghost. Just come on in here and weigh it down, Lord. Let the weight of your glory just settle in on us, Holy Jesus. Oh, God, touch our babies, Lord, and touch our children, Lord, and touch our families. Come on, church. There's a breakthrough in here. Send the rain. Oh, God, I just can't do it without you, Lord. We can't do it without you, Lord. We'll pray, but you've got to send the rain. Oh God, we'll sow into the heavens and we'll reap righteousness, but you got to send the rain. You're the rain sender, God. We'll pray and we'll send up prayers and we'll sow worship into the heavenlies, but we need you. Oh, I wish you'd find you somebody to pray with you right now. Grab somebody's hand that'll pray with you. We pray you'll send the rain, Jesus. I pray you'll heal the races. Heal the races. God, we're divided racially. There are spirits and demons that are dividing this nation and tearing and wounding the land. But God, we pray. Oh, I wish I could find me 10 or 11 people who just pray with me right now for the healing of our land. If you'll just pray a little more, he'll do it. Somebody turn your prayer volume up. I feel a great healing coming to the land. Do resandala mashaya ande mayando rokotsataya itsena mashaya. If you pray, if you cry out, call unto me. I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. I am the God of heaven, and there is none beside me. My ear is not too heavy that it cannot hear. My arm is not too short that it cannot save. Call unto me, saith the Lord. Call unto me, saith God. I am the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I will come to you like the rain, saith the Lord. Oh, if I could find me 10 or 11 people, somebody lift their voice and pray. Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory! Just get in circles of four or five. Find your four or five people right now. Get in circles of four or five. Somebody lift your voice and call for the rain. Oh, we ask for the rain in the time of rain. 
We ask for rain in the time of rain. We ask for rain in the time. It's time for rain. It's time for rain. It's time for rain. Oh, glory, glory. Come on, shake the nebaya. Rutaya, Rutaya, Rase, Mansikoshi. Kare la prata la bola mashaya. Humakasaya, Humakasaya. Revival, revival, revival. Wake us, oh Jesus. Wake us from our slumber. Arise, oh sleeper, for the time of the rain has come. Halamoshandaya. I hear the Lord saying, you're praying for your sons and daughters. You're praying rain for your sons and daughters. I feel a great shifting in the spirit. I feel a great shifting in the spirit. I feel a great shifting in the spirit. Oh, now turn it up one more volume, one more notch, one more volume. Yeah, God. You're somebody in here. Your dead soul is waking up. Your dead spirit is waking up. Call for the rain. Pray for the rain. I hear the Holy Ghost say, there is nothing too hard for me. There is nothing too hard for me. There is nothing too hard for me. Oh my God, there is nothing in this nation too hard for God. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, break every chain, destroy every yoke, remove every burden in the name of Jesus. Pray in the spirit and with understanding. Sing in the spirit and with understanding. I feel it. God is pushing it back. I feel it. It's breaking open. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. And those who will pray will see it. They will surely know it. Hallelujah. 
Ruach Conference is October 24th through the 26th. Join with pastors and leaders as we gather for equipping during the day with labs and teaching sessions and encountering His presence at night. Bishop T.D. Jakes from the Potter's House, Dallas, Texas, will be joining us along with Joseph Garlington, Tony Miller, William McDowell, Jim Rayleigh, and Pastors Kevin and Devin Wallace. You can register now at RuachConference.com.